You know what time it is. It's time for the Memphis Expressing Goal with my two favorite people, Daniel and Michelle. Take it away. The unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Expressing Goal. Flight crew, this is your captain speaking. My name is Michelle, and before we even take off on this flight, gotta make an announcement for you. Sadly for me, maybe happily for you, there's some changes coming to Express and Goal. I feel like we should just address this now, get any and all awkwardness out of the way, and proceed. So, this week we are bringing you our interview with President of the Memphis Express, Koshe Irby. And during our conversation, it kind of came to light, or maybe not even with him, but while we were there, it came to light that the the team can't really endorse us the way that they want to because of our language. So in order to get that exposure and grow our audience, that will give us better opportunities. We're not changing our content. I'm still going to cuss, but we have a cool bleep sound we're going to put over my cuss words. So that way we can really kind of like we said, get the exposure that we're looking for, build this audience, build the awesomeness. So that's it. So let's just jump into this. Let's take off. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. So we got just a little bit of news. We don't want to drag this on because the interview is quite hefty. And we don't want this episode going on just far too long. So we're going to have a little bit of news and then just jump right into the interview. And then we're going to come in after the interview and kind of respond to some of the things that were said. Explain a little bit more about some of the other things. So let's get into it. What's the first bit of news we got? So this past week saw the first ever Alliance trade. Ooh, it sounds like something like shady on the challenge on MTV or something because they have all these alliances and stuff. So an Alliance trades, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's down in the back. Yeah, not not quite that dramatic. <laughs> um, but the Memphis Express traded running back Jihad Thomas in exchange for the San Diego Fleet tight end Daryl Richardson. All right, why? Uh, I don't know. Well, I have to ask Will Lewis. <laughs> And we can kind of guess, because if you look at the NFL and why trades happen, you know, there's multiple reasons, obviously a need for the team, but also salary cap issues. So there is a limited amount of money that a team can spend on salaries. And if a player has an exorbitant salary, you know, say somebody like Blake Bortles, that a team might trade them in order to offload that salary cap so they have more room to build their team. And the AAF, everybody making the same thing. There's no salary caps. There's no real incentive to trade players just based on salary. So this strictly comes down to, at least when I can tell, a need for the team at that position. Yeah. So like you said, there's a lot of different factors in the NFL for trade and a huge one is salary. So I hadn't even thought of the fact that they're all making the same thing, like how that would affect trades. I mean, we knew the trades were happening, but to see it happen is like, it makes me curious as to why, why this tight end. I mean, because it's not even like they're being dropped. They're being traded. So that tells me that for the fleet, they feel confident in their tight end group that they can lose a quality player because obviously they're quality players because a team wants them. So it tells me that they feel confident in their tight end group, but not necessarily in their running back group and vice versa for the express. We have really good running backs that likely Jahad Thomas is probably going to be cut just to make room, not necessarily because of lack of skill, but maybe the express doesn't feel confident in our tight ends, which when you look, I think we have four on the roster and one of them is a guy that's never played football before. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> we've talked about that before and how we feel about it. That makes sense when you say, because I, I kind of wasn't paying attention when you listed the positions that were being traded. I thought it was a tight end for a tight end. And that's where I was really confused. So that oh, makes yeah, more yeah, yeah. sense when you explain it that way. Yeah, it's running back for a tight end. So there is some need there. Right. And like you said, our running back team, core dudes, what are they called? Group core. Okay, they're really strong. So Stable of running backs? Yeah. Yeah, because we got Zach Stacy who's joining the team, as well as Kenny Hilliard, who's been tearing it up in training camp, and Rashawn Neal, as well as like a couple of the guys that are solid guys. So we can afford to lose a running back in exchange to try to bulk up our tight end group. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So let's put the trade table up on that one, shall we? Is that what we landed on? <laughs> I don't know if I like it. Okay, so speaking of the fleet, which is where we traded these players to and from, there's some huge news happening. I mean, it's well, there's a lot happening on social media, but it's big. A little bit of controversy, kind of. So we're, we're going to show solidarity with our brothers over at the Fleet Speak podcast. Yeah, I think we have to. 
So recently, the San Diego Fleet has released a series of interviews with their players. Okay. Kind of like the Met show or? A little bit. All right. But it's like the team reporter that's talking to the players. It's kind of like the interviews that I've been putting out on YouTube. It's just like the team reporter talking to the players. And they have dubbed it Fleet Speak. But there's an issue. There's already a podcast called Fleet Speak. Yeah. They came onto the scene maybe even before the shipyard. There's your one shout out shipyard. (laughs) But they were, I mean, they've been around for months now. It's not even like they were like a fledgling new AAF podcast. Yeah, they've had that name for a very long time. So the fact that the fleet have commandeered it, nautical term. It's shady as shit. Yes. And not only that, even in their newsletter, they're putting out that they have fleet speak. And that's just crappy because like. It didn't seem like they even reached out to the guys of the podcast and said, hey, we love this term. Can we use it? Can we like maybe they could have even integrated or something? I don't know. It just seemed really, really kind of crappy to just take that and take it from the podcast instead of encouraging them or or even being original. I mean, geez. Yeah. And not only that, but like these guys obviously have passion for your team and you want to screw them over. Yeah. So not only that. The fleet have been putting, or I guess the league, because it's on the AAF channel, have been putting out these interviews on YouTube. And the fleet speak guys saw this and were a little put off because of the fact that they're using their name. So they left a comment saying like, hey, we love that name fleet speak so much effect that we have a podcast for months talking about it. You can check us out here. And they left a link to their show so they can see their comment, but nobody else can. Ooh, shady. Yeah. So there's two ideas. Either their comment is being filtered because of the URL or they're being muted by the channel. Which is just downright wrong. I mean, yeah. can we just say, like, if that is the case, that's, oh, it's really difficult for me to not cuss right now uh, because it's so frustrating. It's so, because this is supposed to be a fan experience. That's supposed to be at the heart of this league. Is it supposed to be for the fans? So for them to take these super mega fans and then screw them over like that and then possibly mute their comments on the YouTube videos, that is just absolutely wrong in so many ways. And we're we're talking about this like as a, a network of podcasts. And one of the people mentioned that it would have been easy for them just to Google and see that that name was already taken. Maybe they did and they just didn't even care. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't want to be that like our own version of Conspiracy Corner, but still like how how could, they had to have known. Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah. And if they didn't even know, then it's the lack of due diligence on their part. Yeah. I really hope that this comes like I hope that they know. I hope that they know that they've really made some people mad. Yeah. So join us in solidarity and make sure to go follow these guys on Twitter at Fleet Speak Pod and show your support to their to what they're doing over there. Yeah, let's do it. Because that's actually something we talked about in our interview with Cochet is because this is a league that is all like centrally owned, it's all owned together, we can have friendly rivalries but we all need to be supportive of each other's teams and each other's endeavors because we're all in this together the success of one team really helps i mean the success of the league as a whole absolutely and if you want to listen to other shows i have a list of all that i know of on twitter if you go to my twitter account at memphis aaf and look at my list there's a list of the alliance podcast so go there follow all those shows so you kind of stay up to date all around the league and apparently there's an app coming out with all the podcasts. I don't know if I should say anything, but we're working, working, create kind of like a network of shows. So there will be a few things coming out about that. Really exciting. So exciting. Oh, and also we were talking, we were called the grandfathers of podcasting. The godfathers. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's much better than grandfathers. <laughs> we are the godfathers of AAF podcasting. So something else that we talked about before our interview, because we were just kind of hanging out in the office with people who work for the team. And we talked with Jacob Widershine, who is going to be back on the show. Widershine? Believe. We didn't even ask him. Anyway. Oh, and on that same note, we asked Cochet questions that you guys had sent in. Some of them were more geared towards like stadium or ticket or fan experience questions that are going to be better for Jacob. So we're going to have him back on the show in early February, like the first week of February, we think, to answer some of those questions. So if you didn't hear your question answered, it's probably going to be asked of, of Jacob. Yeah, and we're going to go over like all the parking situations, the tailgating, and we're going to try to get Devin on the show because she is the mastermind behind the tailgate competition. So we're going to have her on, hopefully, to talk about what's going on with the competition. And like that sounds kind of rushed, like the first week in February, you know, the league starts February 9th, but the first game at home isn't until the 16th against the Arizona hotspots. So we have time to actually 
get the information and guys can get your parking passes and get registered for the tailgate competition. There's still plenty of time. So don't worry about that. Right. And they want to make sure they're doing everything right. They have everything set up. So they're taking their time, but just be patient with them. That's something that I think I really took away from this week and meeting with Crochet and the people of the team is like, they know that we're all impatient, but it's all on purpose. Yeah. Everything they do is intentional. Like all the waiting is by design. So before we get into the interview, we said before, this is a very long and in-depth conversation. And to make sure we bring the most value to you, we did include everything that was recorded. Before we actually got into the interview, we had just kind of a fun little jam session with Koshe and Jacob and a little bit of... Uh, we got a backstory into the legendary award-winning <laughs> DJ Jacob W. Yeah. So if you want to hear all that, so we talk about DJ Jacob being an award-winning DJ in South Beach. A little little back and forth about Waddell from the Orlando Apollos throwing down the gauntlet in a hopscotch competition, <laughs> as well as uh, we addressed a conspiracy that's been floating around. You've heard it here. I don't remember what episode it was in, but we brought up Conspiracy Corner before and we, we asked Crochet about it. So Yeah, so all that doesn't relate to the team of the fan experience directly. So we're putting that into a bonus episode that you can find on Patreon. Just go to memphisaaf.com slash Patreon. And for everything that is prevalent to the team or fan experience. So you're going to hear that today. We kicked off the episode by trying to get him to say some like things that we could take as sound bites. And one of the things that we asked was, you know, what do you say to pump yourself up? Another question was, what do you say to motivate your team? Because we thought it was going to be something like short and funny, but he actually really went into how much he admires his team. So we're going to start right there. Um, what about to pump up your crew? This team is so motivated. I don't have to, but apparently they'll go ape crazy over good donuts or a $5 bet. There's something about a $5 bill. I don't yeah. know what it is, but they go crazy over it, man. Like it's this, this, like, this is hands down one of the most motivated teams I've ever been around. And I'm a pretty competitive cat. Um, but literally, they, they put me to the test every day, and I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, born in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, moved around a lot. Lived in about 17 states throughout my life. My mom was into uh, real estate, so that's where we were. Single mom, me and my brother, we kind of just hobbed around with her. Played football at the University of Memphis. And then from there, I left, uh, went, got my graduate undergrad and MBA from Memphis, left, went to Conference USA, left Conference USA, went to Dell Computer Corp, worked at Dell Computer Corp for a little while uh, as an analyst, left there, got back into college athletics at St. Louis University, and then kind of worked my way up the ranks through, uh, through college athletics. And then I was in Atlanta at Georgia State University when uh, this big show called WrestleMania comes to town. Um, I helped them out on a project and ended up saying, hey, we want to hire you to come work for you know, the WWE. And I was like, this is awesome. But there's like, oh, there's a catch. We want you to move out west and start the office in Los Angeles. So it didn't really take much convincing there. We packed up my family. We moved out to Los Angeles. And so I worked with the WWE and live event for about eight years. And then uh, this opportunity came up. And so now I'm here. And the reason I kind of people always ask, you know, why Memphis? Why the Alliance? And I don't know, something nostalgic about being able to go back to the place that taught me the game of football and be able to start a football team. And that's kind of where I am with this project. It's, you know, there are a lot of other teams, there's a lot of other cities, but there's only one Memphis. And, and I love that about this city. And I love the, the way that the city has received this team and what we're trying to do. And so I, I, I am now diving into this full bore. You answered like five questions. So this is, this is going great. Right. <laughs> do you want to talk to us a little bit about your role that you had just before you left the WWE and how that prepares you for being president of a football team? <laughs> um, training, uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically training my experience of dealing with, you know, grown men beating each other up in tights in a square circle to <laughs> guys putting on equipment and pretty much doing the same thing. It's here's the deal. Uh, you know, I think the WWE does a phenomenal job of creating stories and creating emotions and putting smiles on faces. Uh, that is what Vince built the company to do. And that's what I think it achieves every year, year in and year out. They're doing 550 shows a year. And that, you know, as part of a lot of event units, I had to actually travel for a lot of those shows. And it, it teaches you how to basically place yourself anywhere in the world and try to create something out of nothing. Right. So you're literally going to put yourself in the middle of anywhere, India, Dubai, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, Laredo, Texas, Hidalgo, Texas, Oakland, California, wherever you are. And you're going to try to set up your superstars and set up this, this emotional connection with the fans. And that is something that the WWE does well. And that's something that I think has helped me parlay into this role is trying to come and create these emotional connections with fans in whatever city that we're in right now just happens to be Memphis and being able to create a story that people can gravitate to. 
And so as we kind of start to see how this team is coming together, with Mike Singletary coming in as our head coach, he's now molding our 50 players are going to make this roster and getting those guys that come to this city and then start to create that connection, I think it's going to be something that uh, it's going to be a skill that I'm going to be able to transfer significantly. Got to shut these doors because I'm about to get loud. And that's extremely fitting, you know, talking about starting up the office in L.A., when essentially that's exactly what you're doing for the alliance here in Memphis. Yeah. Starting from nothing and trying to build. And getting the hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got to realize, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a startup. It's not, you know, we, it's not an expansion team. This is not an expansion league. This is a startup. So, you know, we, we, we like to, one, I like to take the, I'll take pride in the fact that we had season ticket holder 0001 for the, not just for the Memphis Express, for the entire alliance. So that is something that, you know, we're pretty proud of. And that's, and as we start to build this thing, we have to keep reminding ourselves that this is a startup. We got to start. We literally got to start one fan at a time. You guys got on board and then you introduce other people on board. And then we start to build some some camaraderie. We start to build some some momentum and we just keep that rolling. And, and, that, and that's what we got to do one fan at a time. And that's our, that's that's our journey. That's our mission. That's what I challenge our staff with every day is to go out there and try to get a logical prospect to try our product one time. I think if you come to a game and you see what we're trying to do. You'll come back, but we just got to get you to try the product one time. That's our goal. And with the affordability of the tickets, that is an easy thing to sell. Right. I mean, you know, Charlie was adamant in saying that we're going to make this thing affordable. So we have a $35 primetime season ticket that you can sit midfield. But you also have the hub at the same price where you get programming and drink coupons and silent disco. That's going to be part of your ticket. And then we have a family plan that allows for $75 bucks for you to sit you know, and bring your kid and it's going to be a dry section where you can kind of sit and not worried about guys standing up blocking the view or all that good stuff. And so we're trying to create a plan for every fan, as we like to say, and, and make sure that we can offer um, the least amount of barriers to entry that we possibly can. And, that, and that's one of our goals. So you mentioned a lot of things I want to come back to, but before we get too far away from the WWE, there is something that we need to address. Shoot away. It's, it's something that's really been going around, and I think we need to just clear the air before it gets too serious. Are you talking about Conspiracy Corner? Yes. <laughs> First off, what, what? yes, I used to work at the WWE. <laughs> yes, I still have friends at the WWE. Yes, the WWE's owner started a separate company called Alpha Entertainment. So what, 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 what can you read into that? Mergers happen every day. Yep. The theory is that it's going to be a merger. In a couple of years between the XFL and the AAF to form a 16 team league and that you are an implant from Vince McMahon. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it conspiracy corner for nothing. Exactly. That you are going to help the transition a little bit smoother. We got, they got an inside guy here with the Alliance. Whoa. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to respond. To that. <laughs> uh, let's just say I am focused right now on the Memphis Express and the Alliance. Um, I wish. Every football league, every football team, the best luck and best wishes. But the one thing that I can control is the destiny of the Memphis Express. And that's where I'm focused at. Um, you know, I, I learned real quick and specifically as a startup, I don't have time nor the bandwidth to look two, three years down the line. Right now, all I'm focused on is February the 9th. And then right after that, February the 16th, which is going to be our home open against the Arizona Hot Shots. That's probably as far as my bandwidth goes these days. And so, you know, there are going to be a lot of conspiracy theories out there. And I've, I've heard a few more. I've heard some even more robust than that. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I can confirm is that I'm committed to the Memphis Express. Awesome. That actually takes us naturally to another question we had is um, your opinion on these other spring leagues that have popped up? Because obviously there's the AAF, XFL, APL. What are there's FFL. FFL. Yeah. There was another patriotic one, weren't there? Two Did you say the freedom? APL? Yeah. Well, the FFL is a Freedom Football League. Right. APL is the American Patriot League. Right. And then I think there's like five or six that are starting up. Goes to show you that it's a good business to be in. I mean, you think about it this way. Uh, look at the burrito industry, right? Uh, you, you know, Chipotle kind of gets in. And I'm like, oh, it's just a burrito. And then all of a sudden they start taking off. Nobody's going to go and buy an $8 burrito. And then you start looking at burrito shops popping up all the time. These new flash fried fast cooking pizzas that you get in three minutes, you know, pizza rev and pyros and those guys, everybody jumps on a trend. And right now they see that spring football is a trend. Once again, the NFL operates a very big behemoth of a system, but after the Super Bowl, they go away and people who like football or people who like sports check out. 
all we're doing is just giving them uh, 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 an additional uh, amount of football that we think that they can afford. And it's not necessarily going to quote unquote oversaturate the market or do anything. We're just basically continuing their passion. And, you know, Charlie likes to use this example, but if you, you know, everybody here loves Uber, right. Or Lyft or whatever you use. But if I tell you that you can only use Uber for six months out of the year, and then the other part of the year, you're going to be on your own. It's just a backwards business model. And so for us, all we're saying is we're going to try to extend the season as long as we can because people are still passionate about it. The passion doesn't go away. The sport does. So why not take advantage of that? And and and, and the second thing you, you now see as a subsequent of that is people also recognize the same opportunity and they want to get on board. No pun intended, but they get on board. <laughs> Hashtag all aboard. Hashtag all aboard. <laughs> Hashtag get your season tickets. <laughs> Hashtag GoMemphisExpress.com. Join us in the hub. Hashtag join us in the hub. And there we go. I can't wait. I, you guys don't know how excited I'm about this silent disco thing. This thing is, anyways, I digress. You guys got questions. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. Talking about the extending the football league, you know, fans are passionate. They want more football. But on top of that, you got the people that love to gamble. And the AAF gives them even more chance to gamble on football. And then you guys got the people that love fancy football. AAF is taking that to a whole new level. And you got the fans that just love to come out, party, and tailgate. Boom. So I mean, it's not just catering to football fans. It's catering to this whole other group of people that I think we're opening up new demographics that football right now didn't necessarily have. Uh, And it's not, you know, here's the deal. We are a digital company that, that, that runs a football league. And so let's not mistake that. And I like to, I like, I I like to sit people down and tell them the story of how we think we're going to be able to connect generations. So, you know, the story we like to talk about is basically how, I like I like to, to to show how we're going to connect generations, and I kind of uh, yeah, you know, bear with me here as I kind of try to get through it. But when you take the traditional football product, there's a certain core fan that just likes to go watch football. They that this is their sport. They love the game of football. They understand the intricacies of it. They have a seat uh, somewhere that they can see the play develop the way that they perfectly uh, that is perfect for them, and they do this. This is what they do, right? They love the game of football, and then you have some fans that just like to hang out. They like camaraderie. They like social gatherings, right? And then you have some fans now that have basically learned how to multitask and take gamification to the next level. So what we're doing is we're trying to merge all of those generations together, right? So you have a traditional football product that's going to be viewed through a non-traditional football lens. So what we say is we're going to have the normal game of football, 11 on 11, guys out there literally punt past um, kick, they're going to do all the same things, whether it's a field goal, not a kickoff, but they're going to be doing <laughs> the exact same thing. And then you're going to have a, another subset of fans are going to want to come out because the new most value asset is the shared experience, right? It used to be the house, used to be the car. Now it's the shared experience. That's the new most valuable asset that most people say they, they want, right? And then you could turn around and have people that have taken multitasking with their phone to the next level. And so what we're doing is saying you got a traditional football game, and this is kind of even for, I'm trying to paint a picture here for the Memphis Express experience. You have a traditional football game that you're going to have 11 on 11, solid football, great football. Coach Ingeter is doing a great job there. We're then saying, okay, we still have a subset of fans that want to have a shared experience. So now let's introduce a silent disco during a football game. Now that's a subset of fans that Hey, I kind of like to party. I kind of like to hang out with my friends. What's a cool thing to do on February the 16th versus the Arizona Hot Shots at the Liberty Bowl? You can come out and, and now take part in this unique experience. And then you turn around and have a digital base that wants to follow the game in a non-traditional format, whether it be in real-time gaming or real-time gambling, where it's legal. Now we have created a product where we can converge all those things together in real time and make that and make that that sync that some products just can't do. And so when you look at it that way, we're kind of introducing or bringing in a new fan base that normally wasn't there. And that, that and we got a big bet on that. Obviously, Charlie does and Bill does and we all do. But that, that's kind of the, the wave of the future. And are we a little bit ahead of the curve? No, I don't think so. I think that we're right on time for what, what where all these teams are going to start to merge together. And hopefully that we can be the model that I'm pretty sure other teams, leagues, <laughs> things are going to try to follow. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's a lot built into the AAF that makes it different and better. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing things right. I think you probably just answered it, but just in case you have another answer, what is the most exciting aspect of the Alliance? The alchemy of it. I mean, we're creating something out of nothing. Think about this. 
earlier this year, first quarter of this year, there was this inkling in a guy's brain that they were noodling down trying to figure out what would make the best football league available, right, in the spring. And you fast forward to this time, we're roughly 19 some odd days away, a few weeks away from our opening play, right? Um, can't say kickoff anymore. Can't say kickoff, right, <laughs> from our opening play. And so we, when you when you think about all the things that have gone into just getting to this point, plus how much more we have to do, I wake up every day energized by that. It, it's, it is a great time to be in this business, specifically with the Memphis Express, because there's no shortage of work. There's no shortage of challenges. And that is what motivates me. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys that, that sits around and just kind of wants to coast into things. I literally love to get up and go mix it up every day that whether it be fitness, whether it be family, whether it be, you know, running. I mean, you guys know this. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, a, <laughs> I'm a pretty hyper dude and there's no shortage of ways for me to kind of come in and try to help build this thing. And don't get me wrong. We're still in the ground up. We got a lot of freaking work to do. We got a lot of people to convince that the Memphis Express is going to be a great investment, but I am energized every day to go out there and do that because it's one of those things that, it's not going to be instantaneous. It's not going to be like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It, that, it doesn't happen anymore in this, this day and age. But I think that we are laying, and I love the fact that I can do instantaneous hard work. It's kind of like a farmer, you know? Are you a farmer or a hunter? We go through the sales training all the time. But I love the fact that now we're planting these seeds. We're planting these seeds. And then the season's going to start to progress. You're going to start to see these seeds blossom. And then we, as we kind of see the, you know, us grow, you're going to see these seeds grow. And it's going to create some great inroads and, a, and a hopefully a longstanding business model here for the city. And that's a long, long answer to a short question. That's what motivates me. It literally is the ability to create something out of nothing. Okay. So there are a couple of teams in the Alliance that don't have the same fandom that the Express or some of these other teams do. I know that like Atlanta seems a little late to the game. Same for the Hotshots. How does the success or lack thereof of another team affect the Express and the Alliance as a whole? I don't. I think every team is where they need to be right now. You got to realize it's still going to be a reflection of of the market, and there's a lot of variables that goes into what determines success or not. Um, I am rooting for my brothers. Like that. At the end of the day, I I I I know for a fact those guys are busting their tails to try to you know create um, sustainable business models and create um, opportunities for players to be able to extend their or rejuvenate their careers. And create opportunities for young sales guys to kind of go out there and, and earn their stripes. And so I, I, people always ask me, hey, what what do you determine? What would determine if, if, if this is a success? Right now, just getting to game one is a success. I mean, think about that. You'd be amazed at how many leagues started as an idea, got some momentum going, but never played, never had one play, Right. Once we have on, on February the 9th against the Birmingham Iron, which I call it Boringham, but once <laughs> we get to that point, you got to realize that we've achieved where most people have not even got a chance to get to. Then it's a chance of now earning that business and keep trying to come back. And so, I, you know, if they get to play one and, and they can play, you know, game two and then they can get to game three and they can get through the first season and then they can turn it over and start the renewal base. It, that, that's, that's a success. You know, and that and that's how this has to be gauged. Once again, we're startups. Like it's not, it's not a field of dream scenario. No longer do you have where I'm about, if you build it, they will come. There's no expansion team. I don't have. I was in the NBA and I was expanding. I don't have to be able to advertise Seth Curry, LeBron coming. That's going to spike my attendance. I don't have that luxury. I don't have that luxury if I was an NFL expansion team and saying, "Hey, Tom Brady or Mahomes might come to your facility," or it, it, you know, if it's in hockey, the Golden Knights may be coming to your facility because they're just a hot team. We don't have that model. What we have right now is what we're creating and we're creating that from the ground up. And so I think that expectations are going to have to be curtailed. We're, you know, candidly for us, we got 57,000, give or take 32, depending on who's counting seats in the Liberty Bowl. Do I think that immediately we're going to be able to sell 57,000 tickets? No. Do I think it's achievable? Yes. And so that's kind of where we are. Do you have any metrics or goals for the first season or is it just survive in advance? It's like it's in March, man. We just survive in advance. That's candidly, that's my goal right now. Uh, our our goal is to make sure that our team comes in here every day, and that's not even the front office staff, as well as our actual football team comes in every day, does whatever it takes to get better for the next day. Right? That's it. 
I, I can't sit here because at the end of the day, we could put arbitrary metrics on, you know, what it is that we want to do. How many seats you want to sell? Heck, I don't know. I want to beat Daytona Speedway's record at a football game. We can throw that out. It's realistic. No, it's not. But it's kind of hard to do that because once again, this is alchemy. You know, if I sit here and say, um, all right, great. How many, if I say, let's go outside right now and, and, and do, you know, burpees in the snow, how many burpees would you do in a minute and 15 seconds? And you can easily say, I've never done burpees in the snow and I've never done it on a time constraint. So you can't really tell me how many burpees you're going to be able to do. Grant, I'm using a CrossFit reference because I'm, I'm a CrossFit geek, <laughs> but I, I like to give that analogy because that's where we are right now. Like it, once again, everything is from the ground up and we're building from scratch and, and we have to make sure that people understand it. Flip side of that, a good metric for me is making sure that fans leave with smiles on their face. Uh, a good metric for me is going to be that our team does well on the field. A good metric for me is going to be that our um, changes and modifications to the Liberty Bowl are, are received well and that we operate them well. Um, a good metric for me is going to be that we have high retention buys, meaning that if a person tries our product one time, they come back. Those are the metrics that I'm going to have, but I'm not putting on arbitrary numbers or saying we got to sell this number of tickets because it's just unfair. That seems legit. Yeah. Uh, there's a few people that are super focused on the future talking about expansion in three years or whatever in 10 years. And it's like, no, like the guys are focused on year one at best. February the 16th is where my bandwidth stops right now. Yeah. That's, that's where we are. Inaugural game versus the Arizona hot shots at the Liberty Bowl. Um, go MemphisExpress.com for tickets. <laughs> but my, that's where my bandwidth stops. It, it, because, you know, when you start talking about 10 years from now, that that's where most startups lose it. Yeah. yeah right. You sure. know, you just, it's not fair. Um, to your consumers. It's not fair to your employees. What I have our staff looking at is let's get, let's get one, get our team prepared to go to Birmingham, to Boringham and beat up on them and then get our team prepared for the Arizona hotspots to come <laughs> in here and, and take, and take their lumps um, and then turn around in game three and go down to Orlando and had, and, and, and beat Waddell in his hopscotch contest or whatever the hell competition we're going to come up with. But at the end of the day, our goal right now is to 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 do the first game right, do the second game right, and then the next game. I hate to be that boring with it, but we can't start looking 10 years from my expansions and where's the business going. That's unfair. Like, right? It's unfair to you as season ticket holders to start thinking about 10 years from now. Don't get me wrong. We have to, as a business model, make sure that we're putting ourselves in positions for the future. But our immediate short-term goal is making sure we get game one right. Once again, that's an away game for us against Boringham and Boringham <laughs> Stadium. Um, but make sure we get game one right, that we travel right, we treat our team right, get them there safely. Then game two, put on the best show we possibly can against the Arizona Hotspots. <laughs> I love that nickname. All right. So I don't know if you've been listening to our show or not. Have you heard our QB nicknames? If not, we can kind of... No! Catch me <laughs> up on this! All right, so let's start it off with our favorite, Zach Metton Bacon Cheeseburger. That's our favorite. <laughs> Pause for laughter. Zach Metton Bacon Cheeseburger. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, to any potential hamburger chain out there, I will bring <laughs> it to you at a very good uh, at a very good rate. I, I think Zach Metton Bacon Cheeseburger. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. It's easy to say. I hope our PA guy can get that fast enough. Zach Mettenberg cheeseburger on uh, completion. Works for me. All right. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. We would love to hear him say it on the Metro. He yeah. can make I, that happen. I, I, I think I am going to uh, have to get that acknowledged. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Zach Mettenberg cheeseburger. Got it. And any local restaurants want to put that on their menu? I'm thinking it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Zach Metten bacon cheeseburger. Metten bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> the more I said, now the now here's what's gonna happen though. I'm gonna, literally gonna have one of our meetings here with the quarterbacks, and I'm gonna walk in and be like, "Hey, Zach, what's going on, man?" Big. I mean, dude, my bad, Zach. Um, or I'm gonna be like doing some interview. I can slowly see myself now saying, "Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta." Which first off, we have the best stable of quarterbacks in all of the alliance. However, anyway, let's go to the next. No, like absolutely, like no hype, completely unbiased. Like our. Our roster oh my quarterbacks is hands down. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 Will Lewis is, is, is not getting enough credit for what he did in that protector pig draft. 
him to have the cojones to hold out the way he did and the way he structured that him and coach, they don't get enough credit, man. But it, it, in hindsight, it could have blown up on our face and I could have been like, well, just crazy. But looking at it in totality now, genius, flat out genius, because um, we got four studs. Was it always their intention to pick Zach or is that just because he was left? Did, did I'm not going on. OK, I'm OK, OK. <laughs> spill all his games. <laughs> I mean, we we, we got to do this again next year, even though I'm not looking that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Troy, Dead in the Eyes, Cook. Ah, yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to go like Troy's Cookout, but that's a little easy, but go for it. Yeah, also like Cookie or TC. We're, we've been trying to get some. It's kind of hard to play on it. But, but if you've seen Troy Cook say anything on camera, you will know he is dead in the eyes. I think he's got – I'm sure there's passion there, and I know he's talented. But On he the is, field, he's right. got the vision. And I, maybe that's where his eyes are. Like whenever he's doing anything else, his eyes are just always on that next play. He is, um, there's an intense cat, man. Like, uh, but very, like Troy is so humble and, 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 and honest and nice. It's, it's refreshing. I mean, granted, I'm a little older now, so I get to talk about the young kids. Um, but just so humble, man. Like, like, like legit is a great kid. Like, regardless of whatever you think from him as a football player, he's a please, thank you, yes or no, sir type of guy. And at that position where you're usually kind of the focal point and you can become a prima donna quite easily, he is a refreshment to just say that these guys still exist. That's, I digress. Sorry. Okay. I do that a lot. The next one we got is Brandon Silver Surfer. I like Silver Surfer. <laughs> I like that. All right. That, and, and, and it's an easy play, so I, I can roll with that. Right. Uh, and the last one is a little bit uh, regional. So we're, we're from St. Louis, and there's a theater chain called Warenberg. I don't know if it's a chain or not, but it's the company. That owns- movies. Yeah, yeah, Okay, okay. I've so you Warenberg. Know. Yeah. So Hackenberg, uh, we got Hackenberg Theaters. Hackenberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm with you there. Penn State people will get ticked because they obviously call him the Hack Attack. So oh, we, Hack uh, Attack is better. We, it uh, is. I'm going to write that one but, down. But – I like it, but it, 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 I don't. I don't think we can use that one though because it can't play here. Unless yeah. you've been to Des Paris, uh, it's not. I know it's not Des Paris, but that's what it looks like. Des Paris, please. If you ever go to St. Louis, and when they start talking about his pair, and you're like, it doesn't read that way, you'll know what I mean. However, I've been to. Uh, I've been to Warenberg. I just, but I like Hack Attack better. We didn't know that and one. Then we could play off of the whole hacking the fool. <laughs> Put a shack in the fool. You know what I mean. Anyways, I digress. I do that a lot. Love it. I love it. All right. So on Facebook and Twitter, Mickey asks, what are the main differences in running a league owned team versus a franchise team? And what are the advantages and disadvantages of both? That's a deep question. Um, So the advantages of being in a league team is I got, I got seven other brothers that are rooting for me at the end of the day, our success and failures is a league. It's not one team. You know, you look at the NFL model, NBA or franchise models right now, you know, you have one team that can go out and get a gargantuan share of the pot. And yes, they do have revenue sharing and all that good stuff. But um, that team is going to keep a lion's share of what they have. And if you're in the right market and you build it the right way, your value of your team is going to be a lot more than, say, some other team. Right. Whereas with us. If if I'm having a bad game or a bad season, I can look at my brother and say, I need help, and hopefully they can pull us out. And so you literally have eight extensions out there um, sharing risk and and sharing reward. And so I think that, in in a nutshell, is kind of the the key difference and the key strength of having an alliance. Plus, you know, it's kind of easier to just say, hey, guys, give me 400 jerseys as opposed to having to get all these unique things, you know, or 400 pairs of cleats or 400 socks or or whatever. You can buy in bulk. So when we go to Costco to pick up our <laughs> stuff, it's a lot cheaper than having... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true because as a fan, it makes it better for me because, I mean, I'm, I'm competitive. I love to win, but I also want there to be a, like a camaraderie. Yeah. Right? I feel like that doesn't exist with other sports leagues because it's just purely like your team, your thing. Sure, it, you know, in, in sports league, they have in, in a in franchise based sports league, they have their interests. I believe in our scenario, we have our interests. Like it's easy for us to make a critical decision that can hurt me, but it's for the betterment of the league. And that it's easier to swallow those pills when I know, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, we are going to do a deal with said whatever, even though we're in the backyard of whatever. But for the betterment of the league, we have to take this because seven other teams can win. 
um, off of this deal. And so that it makes it an easier pill to swallow. Whereas, you know, if you're a franchise like, no, nah, it doesn't help my team, doesn't help my city, I'm out. And, you know, so you don't, you can't create that synergy. So I think when it's all said and done, the synergy that's created by having an alliance versus a franchise model is great, specifically that in the startup right now, because we all play by the same rules. You know, um, that, that is a startup, I think is critical just because we all play by the same rules. We're all rooting against each other. I have no issue sharing our best practices and or asking for advice on another team's best practices because we're all brothers. Don't get me wrong. We got some sibling rivalries. We try to beat the crap out of each other when, when our time comes up, specifically when we play Boringham on February the 9th <laughs> uh, in Boringham, Alabama. But uh, That's actually the 10th. I'm sorry. 10th <laughs> at 1. Good call. <laughs> I should know these schedules. Yeah, whatever. If you want to take that again, we can just cut it up so nobody knows. No, you're fine. <laughs> Sometimes I can't get everything right. We have another question that was sent in to us from Matt Laurie. Any new ideas for in-stadium experience? The NFL has been criticized for not paying to this as much as they should. Say that again. So it, it, what are we doing from an in-game experience that's different? Right. And they're saying that they haven't, they felt kind of like that was missing from the NFL. Uh, I mean, I can't necessarily speak on the NFL, but at least for us, you know, we always say that we got to create a unique experience for the Memphis Express. And so you know, two or three of the things that we're doing, we're introducing our party decks to the Liberty Bowl. Are party decks new? No. But are they new to the Liberty Bowl? You bet. I can't say that. You're right. Um, <laughs> you know, the other thing, you know, first class seating on the field, the way that we're doing that, uh, the load sheets and building that out so that we can have all you can eat experience in there. And so we are creating some new things. We're doing a silent disco in the hub on the opening game on the 16th versus the Arizona hotspots. Then we can use our hotspot to power some of our. Well, anyway, long story. So, uh, but we're, we're doing, you know, we're doing some great things there. So at the end of the day, we are putting a focus on the in-game experience and trying to offer new and unique experiences. You got to be, you know, we got to be honest with ourselves. A lot of groups come to a football game, but not everybody's there for football. And so you got to be able to entertain them and, and offer them an outlet that's going to be able to either, you know, dis- distract in some cases or enhance in some cases their experience at the game. And that's what we're trying to do. So Kip underscored Lynn on Instagram asked, what kind of touchdown celebrations can we expect? Ooh. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've had the privilege of seeing some of these guys dance and kind of, you know, hoot and holler uh, on some of these IG stories. So I can only imagine what they're thinking and trying to create up. So, you know, I, I just hope it doesn't get us fined or <laughs> arrested in some cases, but otherwise go for it. Another one from Kip Lynn. He asks, will pass interference be reviewable? So this is actually a big one that came from a lot yeah, of. That's, yeah, that's a hot topic right now based off of, uh, you know, some of the previous games that have been, you know, the playoffs. And honestly, I don't have a firm answer for that right now. Um, rule book is, is, is obviously pretty much locked down on what we're doing, but I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that right now. Good question, though. <laughs> it was a big one. Yeah, yeah. Especially after... I will say this. Uh, our, our head of officials is scouring the country to get the best possible officials that, that, that he can find in order to facilitate our games. That, from Bill Polian on down, has been one of the top things that we want to make sure that we accomplish. Um, but you also got to realize, I mean... You know, these guys are human, you know, like that's just saying you, you, they're not going to be able to see everything and they make mistakes and keep, you know, there was about 200 snaps that game. And yeah, you know, that stuff happens. Um, now, granted, it happened at a very critical moment that can change the outcome of a lot of things, but stuff happens. And so you know, I, I don't want to give those guys slack because that's a tough job. I mean, if you have, I, I would tell anybody um, who watches the game to just go out and watch, you know, a recreational basketball game, recreational football game, just watch it from the stands and tell me how many things that you tape it and watch it at the same time and just try to mark it. Where was there a hole? Where was there something else? Where was there pass interference and whatnot? Go back, watch, know how much you missed and how much you got right. And you're going to be amazed. And so uh, we are trying to get the best possible guys to officiate our games and, and, and ladies to officiate our games. And these, that is a top priority. So please rest assured that we're, we're that it's not going to be just anybody. Will there be merch at games? More what? Merch. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody asked, so I had to pass it on. And then there will be merch will you, at games. There will be set up. There will be stands set up throughout the games at every game. Will you re-ask that and say who said that question or sit it in? I have no idea who asked. I oh, okay. Well, I made the mistake of not actually putting that name in. But. 
So if you ask that question, I will shout you out next week. Just let me know. And then on top of that, there's a lot of frustration, I guess, be the word, but there's not a whole lot of larger sizes in the current shop on the website. Is there any? There, there is noted and being and being Remy. Um, our our merch team is. I mean, you got to realize we we announced logos and started getting stuff kind of created <laughs> uh, in a hurry, and it's and it's actually selling, and so we got to keep backfilling, and so uh, it is being noted and items are being created. To plug our merch here, if you would. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this. Congratulations! <laughs> thank you, I, thank I, you. Yes, I, and I'm going to order one. So do, yeah, I'm definitely in. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Good good stuff for you guys. So if there's a size not available to you in the Alliance shop, please check out our website Ooh, to get our merch. Look at that plug. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I love it. You Shots it fired. Wide open for me. <laughs> Shots fired. But you know what? Though I, I saw it, I think it's going to be awesome. I, I'm all about it. I think it's a no brainer. Awesome. Do you want to plug us with the website, Daniel? Yes, memphisaaf.com slash merch. And if you want exclusive designs, those are available to our patrons. Go to memphisaaf.com slash Patreon, and eventually we'll get those out. We still got to get those printed. But our regular merch is we have the luxury of print-on-demand through Teespring, so we can uh, do a lot more there. Look at this! <laughs> Man, I'm about to keep an eye on these two. <laughs> so... Going up back to the merch, um, this is a question from Jonathan Coker. He's asking about football cards. Will we get any Alliance football cards? You know what? We discussed that. And obviously, as we finalize rosters, I think that's something that can that's going to come come about. Uh, I don't know, candidly, off the top of my head where we left it, but we literally had a discussion about that. Um, so I... I I I know it's in the I know the idea is there the genesis is there I just don't know where we are in this, what stage we are on that so answer the question is it is something that we've thought about uh, I just don't know at what point we are in that production stage awesome, awesome. something to look forward to now I know that you said that you're only thinking about the first week the first and second week of the season boring him and hot spots <laughs> <laughs> so I won't ask you about off season and what that looks like but. Before that, we've got preseason, but we have no idea what's happening with it. Can you tell us anything about preseason? Guys are practicing, getting, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we know. Uh, you know, preseason right now, we, we put all eight teams in San Antonio, which is a unique model. Um, they're all practicing. And, and we did that for two reasons. One, um, once again, when you go to Costco and you buy all the food, you can buy a lot cheaper when all in the same city. But two, um, it allows for us to create a synergy of competition that we normally wouldn't get if you put these guys in silos, right? Like we, you know, it just gets hard to practice against yourself every day. You, you know, your own tendencies. I never forget when I was playing and when the offense yelled, check cherry, I knew exactly what was going to happen because it was the same call for them all the time. And so you, 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 you need to have that mix up and allow for these inner squad practices, one-on-ones against DBs that are different from you. And so, that that's kind of the rationale behind it, but I tell you what, um, we're 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 proud. We got some big, big, big guys on the line. Um, the linebackers, I mean, just for the fact that they were coached by a Hall of Fame and probably the greatest linebacker of all time, are pretty much setting the spark down there. We got a quarterback. Uh, we got a quarterback challenge right now. That is, these these guys want to play and they're they're showing up. And, and what happens is. You know, you, once again, it's hard to kind of weed out who's the better person in practice. You need to see them against other people with a, with, a, with a clock going on and guys trying to sack them and as opposed to coming up and just playing two-hand touch sometimes. And so it, it, it's a lot of things going on. Coach is excited. I got a chance. We talk pretty much every every day, if not every other day. Will and I talk pretty much every day with updates. And when this 50-man roster shows up, you're going to see some guys that went through one hell of a time in San Antonio that came out on top. And so that's one that's what I can say without necessarily revealing the fact that I think we're the best team in the alliance and we're going to beat the Boringham team and we're going to beat the hot spots and then we're going to go meet and beat Waddell's team down in Orlando. <laughs> just FYI, just, just in case you didn't know where I stood. Okay, good to know, good to know. Speaking of coach, he seems, well, we saw him at the... Um, tryouts oh my and goodness he's strict and intense and i mean all of the the synonyms that go with that word what can you tell us about any fun moments you've shared with coach singletary <laughs> well um let's see hmm yeah no i'm joking <laughs> um, here, here's the deal with coach coaches coaches a football guy's guy 
Like, if you like the game of football, you you like him because he's what he's everything that football epitomizes. He's all about inclusion. He's all about toughness. He's all about intensity. He's all about doing it the right way, the perfect step, the perfect read, the perfect drop. And so that that is in everything that he does. However, he's pretty freaking comical. Like he he, <laughs> he can throw some zingers in there every now and again where you don't accept it because once again, coaches are a very intense guy. So it's kind of highbrow when it comes over. You know, we'll be sitting around <laughs> and he'll be like. Ha 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 ha! And, and you know he'll make a funny. It's like the call. And then you're like, all right, I don't know if I should laugh because <laughs> if I laugh, he might give me the look. But it was kind of funny, <laughs> yeah. and so no. But he he's good. Um, here's the thing that I, the, the latest story I would tell about Coach is the type of uh, for me he is actually becoming. You know, granted we work together, but I literally aspire to be the type of human that he is. And there, and, and this is one of those things where, um. This dude's just a man's man. And what I mean by that is so we're, we were practicing. We, we had we had a practice. The guys were practicing. And we cleared. We got the guys on the bus. Guys are heading back to the hotel. But we had to kind of clear out the facility and return it to where, you know, back, back to a pristine condition. So we had tackling dummies out, footballs out, rings out. Everything was out. And you would expect the head coach to go hop in his car, a private car, a chauffeured car, being funny here, and drive off and go meet the team or watch film or whatever. And no. This man stayed behind and literally you saw him going down, picking up practice dummies, picking up dummies, throwing them on the truck to make sure we get this stuff out. And he was the last person to leave. That's after the equipment manager had left. The truck was gone. He was the last person out. And the reason is he's just like, you know what? There's no job too small for me on this team. And when you got a guy that thinks like that, 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 that sets a tone. I mean, not even from just your players, but for me. So I come in here and tell our guys, I am not beyond getting on the phone, making a sales call. I am not beyond going out here and making sure that the practice field grass is perfectly conditioned with the Bermuda that we just planted. Or I am not going to be, you know, uh, it's not going to be beneath me to go down here and pick up the, the coolers that we were having delivered to come up here because that guy sets the tone for that. And so I know they want to get the more comical side of it, but to talk to talk, talk about Mike Singletary, you're just going to talk about how good of a human he is versus how funny he is. He's called the heart of the defense for many reasons. Yeah. The man is a, that's a dude is a legend. So we are going to have open practice. That's going to be uh, open to the public. Um, we're going to make those dates known here probably by the, the, uh, the end of this week. The only holdup right now is we're trying to determine practice times and when we're going to host it. Cause we obviously need to host the open practice during practice. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where we are with that. Field arts. What's that going to be like? Oh, oh boy! <laughs> it, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty rad. Um, I, I, we just got the we got it. We got the latest rendering of well, how it's going to sketch. And yes, it's going to be. We're going to brand it out. It's going to be express branded on the field. The whole field wall, retaining wall, is going to be branded. Um, so what we're trying to do is not only host this open practice, but we also want to host a facility reveal where we're kind of have everything done. During open practice, some of it may be done, but we're still going to be doing some stuff. Um, but then we'll turn around and try to do a facility reveal. Hopefully it's done by then, but we, we you know, we'll, 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 we'll make it be done by that. What are the AAF overtime rules? Cause I know it's been said that their games won't end in a tie. Games won't end in a tie. So how's that going to work? You got to tune in to find out. Hopefully <laughs> we don't go to uh, overtime. I'm going to leave some suspense there because what we, what, I mean, it's simple what we're doing, but I, Kind of like people still in the lurch on a couple of things. Okay. And, okay. The AAF does that way too much. Can I just say <laughs> that you leave us in the lurch way too much? Well, here's the deal. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, you got to realize you got a, a famous TV producer's son, you know, who's starting the league. So he's going to figure out a way to drip it out there just in a way that it's going to keep you intrigued. And, and that's, that's by design. You know, at the end of the day, I want you to show up to see what we look like. And, and, and that is, you know, Everything that we're doing is by design. It's not that we just kind of make this stuff up. It's the, the the amount of information that we put out there is to feed and to make sure that we can keep people wanting to either understand more, learn more, but not necessarily turning them off because we're not telling them anything, you know? Yeah. As, as frustrating as it is, there's been a brilliant balance between... Just enough yeah. and, and too much. Well, mm-hmm. And in today's terms, you got to realize too, people... People don't like to be inundated with just a ton of, like, I don't want, I if I'd have just said, hey, here's our logo, here's our jersey, here's our prices, here's our schedule, here's our times, here's who, where you can find us. And if I would have given you that six months ago, realistically, what now do you have to look forward to, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and so you got to, it's, it's a fine art and nobody has it perfected, but no, you got to make sure we, 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 we inform you so that you can make educated decisions about whether or not you want to follow our product. 
Brilliant. All right. So we have a question from Jeff Black. He says, still hoping the local TV station picks up the non-national games. Has anyone seen that yet? I can probably stream, but it's a pain compared to changing the channel. So we do have a local radio deal that's done with KISS. And so that's iHeart team. And, and that all of our games are going to be on the radio. Greg Gaston and a breaker for you guys. A guy named Russell Copeland is going to be our um, analyst uh, for those games. Russell played six years with the Bills, University of Memphis. Um, grad, go go Tigers. Um, so he'll he'll be on the color. Greg Gaston, everybody knows him. We will have a local TV package. Uh, details by the time this airs may be out there, but we are we have one in the works. Perfect. So the last question, I know you've given us plenty of time and we really we're grateful for this. I know you've got a lot to do, but I probably know the answer to this one, but it's been asked a thousand times. What can you tell us about the app? When is it coming out? Uh, just prior to the season, um, you know, you sort of see it show up in the app store and whatnot, and, and we'll go from there. Once again, the the gift and the curse of the app is the app, and I've seen some renderings and we've kind of had a chance to tinker around with it. The app is no good without a football game. <laughs> so, you know, shocking. Yeah. So it's not, it's not one of those, you know, you're not going to go there for your news alerts, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, 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 it's coming along. Um, and it, it, it will be there. It's, it's scheduled to be there and be announced right before the season, just so that it coincides with what you need to use it for versus right now you get it uploaded and then forget all about it. And yeah. So once again, it's one of those things that's kind of by design. Brilliant. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm assuming they're going to be testing it a lot during the preseason games. And I think we put out eight teams there, man. You're telling yeah. all our secrets. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that was a secret, people. Well, that's all I got. Um, Michelle, you got anything? No, I'm good. I will. Let me put these two over. So they come into our office. <laughs> they got all this equipment that they say, once again, is not even their favorite equipment. They I, I, they come in here and wired up. I don't know if I'm talking to the FBI or I feel like I'm kind of being like deposed a little bit, <laughs> but they did a phenomenal job. And, and I will say this, any podcaster that's out there that's trying to get started in this thing, this, is a, this, this group here is going to be a tough act to follow. They are organized. I seen them with the little cheat sheets. They got uh, these great microphones and they really truly do it first class. And so if you're going to try to come out, there are podcasters because they're ours. Then, you know, you better bring it. But like, as I told Waddell the other day, they don't want this smoke. Do you want to do like a pitch to the fans to do anything or? Here's the deal. I tell people all the time, come try us one time. I'm pretty sure you're going to have a great time. The opening game against the Arizona hotspots um, is going to feature a silent disco. That's going to be like unlike anything you've ever seen before. We are going to a new website. Um, it's going to be called GoMemphisExpress.com. Um, so you can start. You can go there now, and then uh, you hopefully see some new some new things coming about. But yeah, come try us one time. I don't want to give you this whole pitch, song, and dance, and all that type of stuff. Just come try us one time. I think you'll like it. That's all we got. Thank you so much for your yeah. time and for joining us. And yeah, thanks for everything. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Kudos. Good luck. So that was Koshe Irby, team president of the Memphis Express. So there are a couple of things that we are going to talk about. First off, I definitely want to make sure in case I don't remember what was saved or not saved of the interview. I definitely want to give a big shout out and thank you to the team and to Koshe for giving us the time that he did, letting us come down and interviewing him. And we had such a great time as you could hear. Absolutely. We had so much fun. First of all, like seeing the office and two, just being able to kind of have this experience and being able to sit with Koshe and kind of have this conversation. There's a couple of things we want to kind of continue the conversation on. So what's up first? So one of the things that we asked Koshe about was football cards for the Alliance. And there has been an update since we actually did the interview. And it turns out that Tops is going to be releasing Alliance football cards on March 1st. Yeah, when Dan saw this headline, he was like super excited about it. And I was like, I'm not with you there. I don't understand why this is so exciting. He's like, football cards. I was like, I know what those are. I don't understand the significance of Tops. Yeah, Tops is like the name when it comes to baseball, football, basketball cards. Apparently so. So it's excited that they're <laughs> going to be selling AAF cards. Yep. And then we loved uh, his reactions to some of our nicknames for the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. He loved Met and Bacon Cheeseburger, as you could hear. So that was really fun for us because I came up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and we're hoping that he puts the word out and maybe on one episode of the Met Show that could be the way Zach introduces himself. I, I mean, we were hoping so. The latest Met show came out this morning as we're recording on Friday, and it wasn't there. So maybe on the next one. Yeah, fingers crossed. One of the things that we talked about in the episode with Koshe is officiating. And this past weekend from the NFL playoffs, officiating was obviously a huge 
controversy, and there's a lot talked about this week. We do want to get into it, but there's a lot to say. Yeah, we want to do that properly. So we're going to be addressing that on the next episode for next week. Yeah. And then just a reminder, if you want to get the background on Jacob Wittershine and his DJ history, as well as some fun kind of commentary from Koshe, all that is going to be in the bonus episode on Patreon. So let's go to MemphisAAF.com slash Patreon. You got anything else? I don't think so. You got anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's close this up, put a bow on it. Thank you so much for flying Express and Gold Podcast. And until next week. In a map. Why did it have to be the San Diego fleet?